You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks supporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. Joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. And bringing you today's episode is my bookie. Use promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate their offer where if you join my bookie right now, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Again, that's locked on 25, and that's my bookie, M Y B O O K I E. And if you use that promo code when creating your account, you can claim up to $1,000 in free play. If you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play by using promo code locked on 25. You play, you win, you get paid over at my bookie. Frank, the Bucks played. Um, I'm sure they're all going to get their game checks, so they will get paid. Um, but they did not win tonight. They lose 116, 113 to the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies moved to eight and five on the season. Bucks moved to ten and four. And I'm not going to ask you how you're doing because I know you're not doing great because that was, I think, the worst game of basketball the Bucks have played I thus far this year. That game in one word, it would be. Uh, um, yeah, I, I described this on Twitter as the most annoying loss of the season. Um, it, it wasn't a good shooting night for the Bucks. Um, Memphis obviously shot pretty well, um, 14, what, 14 out of 36 from three. And I mean, look, like for almost three quarters, like it felt like the Bucks were just kind of feeling like they could flip the switch. It was the classic, just got back from a road trip, feeling good about yourself and get too comfortable coming into the first game back home. I mean, you know, like we hope the Bucks were over this kind of BS, um, but, you know, we've kind of now seen like kind of this yo-yo effect these past few games where they kind of, you know, get pissed off, play great, then disappoint a bit, then get pissed off and play great again, and now maybe get a little fat and happy with themselves. And obviously, don't. Play Do you think well. they would have been fat and happy if they made their threes? Yeah, I mean, the thing that the thing that I kind of, I mean, this is kind of the the hard part, right? Is like the Bucks didn't shoot that well from three; they still scored a ton of points. Um, I mean, a lot of it kind of comes down to like how much do you think how much better do you think you could have played defensively, right? Because they, mm-hmm. you know, they're down 82-67 late in the third quarter when Bud takes a timeout, um, and they come back, and it's like, you know, suddenly I have the Tiger. <laughs> and like, they go on this big run. Um, are leading by as many as... 27-4. Yeah, are leading by as many as eight, I think, um, pretty early in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, I thought that was... I thought we saw kind of like the hoxiest... Uh, defense we've seen from the box and a lot of that was with Thon maker like aggressively hedging and trapping and 
you know, so you could say it was the hoxiest bud defense we've seen. You could also say it was the most like kid-like bucks defense we've seen. from them. <laughs> um, yep. And, you know, they were getting after an aggressive and they were, you know, forcing turnovers. Eric Bledsoe was all over the place during that run. Um, you know, getting steals, being aggressive, being out in transition, making plays. Um, so it felt like the tide was turning and it was kind of one of those things where it's like, Oh, okay. These are the new bucks. Like, you know, um, and again, the Bucks are not the Warriors, right? But you know, it's kind of those things like last year, especially in the playoffs. Like the Warriors, just like you knew after after the halftime, the Warriors were just going to go on a third quarter run and whatever. This game, obviously, the Bucks took a while longer to go on their run. Um, but uh, I mean, look, as as much as they did not play that well, I mean, they were in control in the fourth quarter, and you you have to win these games. Like you know, like if you're going to be an elite team, like these are games you win. Um, and obviously, they just you know kind of fell back into. I don't know. It felt kind of like old bucks, right? Like they were great. And then they kind of, you know, weren't great. Uh, and, and obviously they, I don't, again, it's, it's kind of hard to say, right? Like the Grizzlies made some tough shots. Um, the bucks had a really good shot chart tonight. They barely took any long twos, um, but they didn't obviously make as many shots and the Grizzlies did. And some of that was, you know, probably they could have played better defense and some of it was probably just, you know, Memphis made some shots, but Again, this is Memphis. Like Memphis making some shots, like that—that's not an excuse, I think, to lose at home to, to the Grizzlies. So um, frustrating loss for sure. First loss at Pfizer Forum for the Bucks, uh, and you know, uh, God have mercy on the Bulls because if this Bucks team is as good as we think it is, they should completely slaughter the Bulls on Friday. Um, <laughs> if not, then we're going to be even more pissed off than we are. Uh, right right now but um yeah it, it was it was tough because especially when you had really you know you had Giannis and Chris going off scoring pretty effectively um and so you kind of felt like they got over a kind of a sluggish start but um yeah just uh just not a not a like the kind of game you, you're going to feel good about losing uh, even if it was close in the end man that's interesting um and again like I always say uh, we're gonna get loser Eric is that is that do I feel loser Eric coming on here? I mean, maybe like uh, I don't know. Like I, I've always said this: there's different feels for games depending on like where you watch it from. Uh, so maybe this like came across differently on the TV broadcast, but you know. It, it felt like there was an awful lot of good looks in, in the first half for that Bucks team. Um, I didn't really feel at any point, like the first, the first five minutes were pretty rough. I thought of the first quarter, I thought the first five minutes of the second half were pretty rough for the Bucks. Um, and obviously you saw Mike Budenholzer kind of try to fire them up with an early technical, but I just felt like, Man, shots shots are not falling tonight. Like you, you look at some of the the ind- individual nights from guys, and outside of Giannis and Chris, like there was there was some pretty rough stuff there. Uh, and I don't know, like I, I to me, it didn't feel like uh, this was a fat and happy kind of loss where they were just like kind of going through the motions. I, I just thought they missed a bunch of shots to start the game. I, I think. Four for twenty. Oh my gosh, what was it? Four for twenty-four. Yeah, something. Yeah, uh, to start the game, and obviously to end it, you're five of or you're yeah, you're five of eleven, five of twelve to end it, and 
I don't know. Like I, I just thought, you know, there was some sloppy play, but it never felt particularly uh, uninspired to me. Like I, I thought they were playing pretty tough, and um, I, I would agree. You know, you don't want to ever think about man. The Grizzlies really hit some some t- some shots against you. You know, they had some good looks go in, and it's just like, I mean, Mike Conley's still very good. Marcus Saul's still quite good. Uh, and then you you look at some of the, I think, outlier stuff, like Gary Temple's three for nine, and one of his four threes comes in just a back-breaking moment in the fourth quarter. Jaron Jackson, one for one from three. Uh, like there, there was just some spots where I thought Grizzlies had some shots fall in and the Bucks had some shots not fall in. And... Um, I don't know. It, it was just to me a game where where things don't quite go right, and uh, I thought really that, that they had swung the game open there in that that end of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter. And you're right; they they played a a style uh, totally unlike anything that they've been doing at this point this season. With I think it was a lineup of Bledsoe, oh Bledsoe, Connaughton. Snell, Giannis, Thon, uh, and you know Thon in nine minutes tonight is plus seventeen, uh, and I just thought you know those guys kind of just opened it up and they were all over the place defensively, like especially obviously with Thon, like that was that was the Thon that we kind of have talked about that, you know, he's not going to be able to affect games defensively uh, as a drop guy, but he can affect it as a, as a switch guy and uh, a high hedge guy. And, and I really thought they kind of opened the game up there and it was just kind of surprising to, I don't want to say go back to, to Brooke Lopez or to Ursani de Silva uh, because, you know, that's kind of your closing lineup, but just the fact that they couldn't really find a way to execute, those other things again uh, with those other guys. And I think it, it spoke to, you know, kind of what we've talked about that, you know, Bud plays a certain style of defense and we saw them deviate from that and go with a a totally different style with that bench unit. I think he almost did a full line change. I think it was four in four out uh, when that unit came in uh, at the end of the third quarter and they've, did it for five or six minutes and then, you know, kind of took some of those guys out. And my thought is, you know, the Grizzlies couldn't really handle it. Like they, they are, they're very much a team that likes to play at their pace. And, you know, if you go back to doing some more zone dropping and you go back to uh, playing a little bit more conservatively, well, you know, Marcus all can get comfortable. Mike Conley can get comfortable. And I just thought they had them kind of on their toes. And I mean, it's this whole, it's this whole, uh, do we make adjustments? Do we not make adjustments? Uh, We don't want to show too much. We don't want to game plan for teams kind of thing that Mike Boonholzer has done throughout this season. And then uh, you throw this whole new game plan, essentially uh, at the Grizzlies at the start or at the end of the third and start of the fourth. And to me, I thought, okay, we, we're we're seeing something new here from Mike Boonholzer where they a- are actively being very aggressive and, and going out there and getting rid of the zone drop. And then, you know, Thonmaker comes back out of the game and they go kind of right back to, to what they were doing or trying to do it with Ersan Elias Elvin. It's like, he just doesn't have quick enough feet. Like that's just not going to work. And you saw Gasol get some open looks on pick and pop. So I, it, it was, 
it was interesting to me to see them for the first time full out say, screw it. We're going to shatter this glass in case of a, a switching emergency uh, and bring in Thon and dust him off and let him go out there and be aggressive. And then uh, to go back, I thought was just kind of surprising. Well, but I mean, they were still playing. I mean, Thon wasn't switching though, right? I mean, they were they weren't switching with Thon, and they they weren't switching or zone dropping with Ursan when he came back, right? I mean, but a high hedging, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. So I mean, weren't they playing kind of similarly with Ursan as with Thon? Yes, but he has slow feet and he can't do it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were saying like they went back to their old. No, I meant they went back to that personnel. Sorry. Oh. 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 I see. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. We've seen. I mean, we saw them go aggressive even with Lopez in the first half against the Clippers. So I, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what to make a kind of bud at this point. Like I think we're kind of out of the, you know, he's only going to play one way to get people used to it kind of mode. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see how much it kind of deviates from game to game. I mean, you know, we've talked about like can Thon be your change of pace sort of center defensively. Um, you know, again, I, I would probably prefer. He'd be used more as a switch defender, but that seems to be like the least favorite thing that that Bud wants to do is is actually switch. Um, and obviously tonight, like with some of the turnovers they're forcing, I mean, you know, you probably don't necessarily force those same turnovers if you're switching. Um, but I mean, look, like you know, Gasol in particular. I mean, he hadn't taken more than six threes in any game this season. He'd had one twenty point game, which he scored. Against- and tonight he scores 29, takes 12 threes, and it's half of them. So clearly they were exploited, you know, way worse by Gasol in particular than um, in terms of that. that. So again, I think there's been probably, you know, one recurring theme. I mean, Starsh point guards have not consistently killed Bucks. Like Conley had a really good night tonight, but, you know, it's not like he was bombing threes. Like he was, you know, he was two out of six from three. Um, but was really effective, hit some tough shots. Um, you know, he was good. Um, but that was, I would say that wasn't like horrible defense on Conley necessarily. Um, Gasol, again, like I think that's going to be a theme for the for the Bucks, probably a fair bit no matter what they do. Um, that, you know, and again, I mean, this is kind of a weakness of pretty much every team. I mean, stretch bigs are hard to contain just fundamentally, right? Because you don't, you don't generally build a defense around stopping seven footers from shooting three pointers. Like that's probably, you know, not something most teams can, can hurt you with, but obviously we've seen the bucks, you know, have a weak spot for that um, as a recurring theme. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's a frustrating way to lose because the Grizzlies are a pretty, pretty solid team, but um, they're also dealing with a fair bit of injuries right now. And, um, you know, you look at kind of that lineup, I mean, they they're really dependent on Gasol and Conley and um, you know, they got some contributions from other guys, but it's not like uh, you know, it's not like this is uh, some juggernaut that you had to go up against. You give up, you know, one sixteen offensive rating to, which um, you know, just say if you played the game again, you would obviously hope to do much better than that. Um, do you wanna talk about uh, some some buck specific performances? We really haven't talked about Giannis and Thirty-one points, ten of fourteen from the field, um, eleven out of twelve free throws. Thank you, Giannis, for mean regression um, or mean progression uh, from the foul line. Um, nine rebounds, four assists, a steal, two blocks, six turnovers. That was um, he still can't shake his turnover issues. 
He ha- he's now had five six-plus turnover games. He only had six all of last year, so that issue kind of continues. Um, but obviously the shooting efficiency, the free-throw line stuff, um, after kind of a slow start against Jaron Jackson Jr., who um, you know I think physically obviously has some really great tools to, to stop Giannis, um, he ended up getting him into some foul trouble, and then Giannis kind of really got going as the game went on. But, um, yeah, let's just acknowledge Giannis is really, really good. <laughs> And can do things. Um, and by the way, it was funny. You know that one and one he had. I think it was in the early in the fourth when Kyle Anderson flopped and um, Giannis got an and one. And I, I think like every Bucks fan assumed he was going to get called for a charge, and he didn't. And um, it's funny though because it's like I rewatched it and like it would have been like I mean it was such a like clear flop. Like you know Anderson really wasn't squared up. He just sort of like was near Giannis and then just sort of threw himself to the ground. And it just sort of tells you though, I mean, this is, this is the way like defenders, cause they can't, they can't stop him one-on-one. Like this is how they're going to try to con refs into, into calling offensive fouls on him. And it kind of pissed me off. Cause like, even though the correct call was made, which was not a recurring theme tonight, this was a really sketchily refereed game by a pretty inexperienced curve. The FS Wisconsin broadcast uh, reminded us on, on a number of times um, but, um, I, that, it was kind of funny cause like watching that play kind of annoyed me, even though that was one where they got the right call. Um, it's, it's been, as obviously the type of play where, you know, again, guys just at this point will just throw themselves to the ground because they know they can't stop Giannis. So anyway, that's the end of my Giannis rant. Um, I'm, I'm happy he's making the ball go in the basket. <laughs> um, still not happening for three pointers. He was out for two on threes, but um, overall, a very certainly efficient scoring night um, from from Giannis and um, you know Chris Middleton also um, getting uh, kind of back on track. We talked about him hadn't really been scoring very efficiently. He scores twenty five on sixteen shots, seven on seven from the line, um, but you know kind of otherwise some some inconsistency. I mean Pat Connaughton was um, probably the Bucks' third best player, maybe right there with Bledsoe, and, and other than that though. Um, not quite the deep performance or not quite the deep contributions we've been expecting of late, especially with Malcolm Brogdon really struggling. Brooke Lopez fairly quiet as well. You mentioned some inconsistency there, Frank. And one thing that is incredibly consistent is my bookie and their support for this podcast and the deals that they have for you. They are slammed constantly. That is a consistent thing over at MyBookie, and they always want to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to Use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. If you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., again, you can get an extra $25 free play by using promo code LOCKEDON25. It's up to you guys, but, you know, I'd wait until after dinner and take the extra money because at MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. And Frank, I was going to say like the before you moved on to Giannis, just you know the idea with this Bucks team, like there, there's certain limitations to their personnel. Like the, 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 I think there's no doubt about 
Brooke Lopez and Arisana Ilyasova being a certain type of big um, and probably struggling to high hedge and do some of those things. Despite us seeing them do those things, uh, I think that's going to be a lingering question throughout the season. We have yet to see uh, Bud go small with Giannis at the center, um, which is which is kind of funny because I think uh, so many things uh, have been extremely uh extremely refreshing to see with Mike Boonholzer. Uh and we you know, I kind of mentioned before the season that, you know, the point of center Giannis is to get shooting around him. But also, you know, maybe the point of center Giannis this year will will be more about the defensive end. That it'll be more about finding a way to uh stop pick and pop bigs, finding a way to give teams a different defensive look as opposed to uh, finding a way to get shooting on the floor around Giannis. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, Giannis specific. Yeah. I thought he was great throughout large portions of this game. You know, it's great to see those free throws go up uh, and I, I, both him get to the line that often and then him also hit 11 of 12. Uh, I thought that was, that was quite good to see. And, I mean, obviously, we've talked about uh, a little bit about, you know, like the idea of quote unquote struggles. And, you know, I, I think the toughest part right now with with his turnovers is that, you know, it's it's kind of good that, you know, when when you see some of them, that a lot of them are offensive fouls because that creates a dead ball turnover as opposed to a live ball turnover where teams can kind of go out on the run. Uh, but the negative is, you know, he's going to have high foul totals. Like, there's going to be uh, some problems with with him and picking up fouls. And, you know, we saw him with three first half fouls tonight. Uh, and I think one was an offensive foul. Maybe two. the third one I know was him making a business decision not to pick up his third foul and then also picking up his third foul. Um, so it, it, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. But yeah, I think there was no doubt that, you know, at first there was maybe some some struggles against Jaron Jackson, who is uh, supremely gifted and, you know, rarely, or excuse me, uniquely uh, someone that can actually, you know, kind of have some of the size to play against Giannis, but he could only manage 16 minutes because he picked up five fouls against him. And then Middleton, I thought that that game could have been even uglier if Middleton doesn't have that little stretch in the second quarter where he gets fouled twice on threes, where he, he gets to the basket and, you know, kind of puts a few points on the board there to keep the Bucks within... 10-ish somewhere around there um i think that first half somehow despite being very ugly could have somehow gotten even uglier uh without that so i thought he had that great stretch and and then yeah i think the the last thing you kind of think about is what was going on on the rest of the roster when when you have a plus 17 from thon maker a plus 21 from pat Connaughton, a plus 14 from tony snell you're thinking that's a blowout, right? Like if you got all those numbers, everything else must have gone great. But, you know, Brooke Lopez only takes five shots. They're all threes, two of five from three. Uh, Brogdon with a minus 30 in plus minus tonight. And I mean, I, I just didn't think he really found much of a flow. He was four for 11 on the night, uh, four turnovers for him, which is something you, you really never want to see with Brogdon, a, a high turnover total as well. And, you know, then the outside of kind of all those things, Dante DiVincenzo left the game early with some left knee soreness. He's been battling that for a couple of days now. I know 
he was iced up. Uh, let's see. I'm trying. His left knee was iced up uh, the after the Clippers game, and then the ice bag was even bigger against uh, the Blazers. And then uh, tonight, obviously, wasn't able to go. So yeah, like you need those other contributions, and uh, they just didn't really get them. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I think you, with this Bucks offense, there is you know so much about what they do where you need the help of other people. You need the others to hit shots. You need them to be able to get open. And, you know, I don't think they struggled with the get open part, but they did struggle with the making shots part. And, uh, you know, that that leads to a game where the Bucks are, are going to struggle overall. And, uh, yeah, got, I think all those guys got to hit open shots. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with DiVincenzo. I mean, I think we've uh, talked a little bit about, you know, the question of how long of a leash he's going to get. I mean, he's just can't make a jump shot. Um, and this was obviously kind of a concern of ours coming into the season. Um, you know, as much as he hit some threes in college, uh, some of the peripheral questions around, you know, is he, how quickly can he adapt? Will he adapt to the NBA three point line? And, you know, came into this game uh, shooting 24 and a half percent. He did hit one out of two tonight, but um, you know, no shortage of wings in the box rotation, shooting guards, guys who could potentially play Sterling Brown um, was in Oshkosh playing for the herd just to get some minutes. I think he scored 23 points. Um, and, you know, certainly Connaughton has been the obviously big beneficiary uh, the last few games. And I mean, you can't say enough about him taking his opportunity. I mean, he goes six for nine tonight, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block, 16 points, plus 21 in 27 minutes. Um, he's been really good on both ends um, and just plays really smart, heady basketball. I mean, he's a good cut, very willing three-point shooter, um, makes, you know, athletic plays kind of like DiVincenzo, of course, uh, in that regard. But, you know, he's just been obviously a much more consistent shooter than, than DiVincenzo has. So certainly Connaughton's a winner. Snell obviously is a guy that has, you know, the Bucks have been great with him on the court really all year. He's played well. Um, so if DiVincenzo does miss, you know, a game or two or whatever, um, you know, Snell could benefit. And then, and obviously Sterling Brown, right. I mean, it would be nice to see Sterling Brown get some chance to play outside of garbage time just to, you know, see what he might be able to do. Um, I, you know, again, I think if Sterling is, is focused and, and again, who knows, um, you know, what sort of precipitated him obviously falling behind all these other guys in rotation, we obviously had kind of high hopes for him coming in the season, but, um, you know, other guys have played pretty well, obviously. So it's been hard for him to find any any room. And so it'd be nice to see if, if Sterling could get some real rotation minutes, what what he might be able to do. Um, but uh, definitely I'll, I'll be kind of curious to watch that. And uh, um, yeah, Malcolm Brogdon obviously will continue. <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon's minutes are not in danger by any stretch. Um, he's obviously had a number of kind of big scoring games of late. Um, but, you know, as you pointed out tonight, I mean, pretty much about as, as bad as you might have expected from him. Just eight points on 11 shots, minus 30. I mean, that's crazy. Four turnovers, no assists. Um, you know, this is kind of kind of the bad Brogdon game um, where, you know, no ball movement, lack of shot making. Um, and obviously the team was, was really terrible when he was on the court. So, um, again, this is the advantage of having some depth for a change. So, um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how Bud reacts on on Friday. Hopefully, there will be a lot of garbage time um, against the Bulls, and everybody will get a chance to to play. Uh, but uh, you know, um, certainly the the late uh, the trend of late, I'd say Connaughton's kind of been the big winner among the role players in terms of really stepping up and, and making plays. And 
um, man, to, to know you've got him on a non-guaranteed contract for next year as well, that, that deal is looking better and better every day. Yeah. And we talked about a, a little bit about it after the game and, you know, I'd asked, man, you know, Pat's really had a couple of nice games here and he's just, I don't, I don't want to say he corrected me, but he was just like, you know, pretty much from the moment we started giving him minutes, he's been, he's been good for us. Like every minute we've put him out there, he's, he's really produced and he's just been great for us. And, you know, when you think about it, he really has been, uh, because we talked about it at the start of the year, Budenholzer with a nine-man rotation, then decided to open it up to a ten-man rotation, and Connaughton was the tenth man that got added. And you know, just about every game he's gotten a chance, there are a couple plays that you look back on and say, "Wow, well, Pat Connaughton really came out and made a difference." Whether that's uh, him dunking on somebody, whether that's uh, him blocking jumpers, which he has a strange knack for. He's very good at it. Uh, I think this is the third or fourth consecutive game that he's blocked a a jumper, which is like a really difficult thing to do. People don't often do that. And he's been able to get a couple clean uh, and, you know, save an extra possession for the team and uh, at times get out on the run in that situation. And then you think about uh, the way that he's able to shoot the three. Obviously there was that sequence tonight when, when the bucks kind of got going uh, where Giannis just essentially decided, okay, it's going to be Pat Connaughton send a screen for me and we're going to pick and pop. And I know this Grizzlies team is trying to stop me. So I'm going to take them as far as I can away from Pat Connaughton and then whip it back to him and see what he can do. And, you know, Connaughton got a three. I think he was able to make a play out of it. And yeah, also his other cutting. Uh, so often this year when we've seen Giannis post up on a wing, uh, you know, it's kind of been skips over the top was what was going on at the start of the year. And teams have sort of started to figure it out that, okay, if Giannis posts up, he's going to look to the opposite wing. So, you know, let's make sure our hands are up. Let's make sure that we're trying to steal those. And then all of a sudden now Pat Connaughton just cutting baseline and dunking on everyone, <laughs> which has just been uh, this great boon for him as he's able to uh, do something that I think, catches defenses by surprise and uh, obviously uses athleticism as a way to to get easy buckets. So I don't think you can really say enough about Pat Connaughton and what he did. I mentioned it on Twitter tonight, but, you know, I thought him in – I mentioned him specifically because it was 27 minutes, but, you know, when you look back on it, I think him and Thon kind of changed the game. Uh, just unfortunately the Bucks weren't really able to keep that up when they went with their more base personnel uh, to close out that game. So uh, this is one that I think everyone will want to forget about. And, you know, like you mentioned, the bulls might help you forget about it because they're not very good at basketball. Um, so you, you may be able to put a hurting on them, but uh, we'll have to kind of see any other thoughts from tonight's game. No, um, I'm, I, I, I didn't want to even talk this much about this game. Um, cause it was just so freaking annoying. So, um, I guess this is always so, somewhat therapeutic. So at least the Raptors and Sixers, and it seems like every good team lost tonight. So that, that will maybe give us some solace. Um, the Jazz lost by 50 to the Mavericks for crying out loud. Uh, Portland's going to lose to the Lakers. Um, as I mentioned, Sixers blowing like what Sixers blew what like a 15 or 15 point lead or something like that in the fourth quarter in Orlando. So, um, you know, the Jimmy Butler debut game, obviously there's plenty to feel salty about there. So I'll, I'll uh, 
you know, take some solace in that and, and Dwayne Casey getting revenge with Pistons winning and after fans, obviously also not, uh, not having a happy night. So yeah, I don't know. I I'd rather just generate happiness from the bucks playing well. Um, but on the night time tonight, a night like tonight, at least there is uh, some shot and Friday to go around. <laughs> All right. That is going to be it for us for tonight. Once again, this episode was brought to you by MyBookie. Use promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer over at MyBookie where they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. And, you know, they're slammed with new betters and and they want to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. That's promo code LOCKEDON25 over at MyBookie. So you play, you win, you get paid at MyBookie. For Frank, I'm Eric. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.